Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello there. You are listening to episode 317 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali, and thank you so much for tuning in to our show. So this is the first episode in our sexual skill series. In this new season, I will teach you step by step on what you need to do in order to be able to improve certain skill or learn to do things. Some of the episodes will be alone, but most of them will be with other sex educators, coaches, As I mentioned in previous episodes, in last six months, I listened to maybe more than, it's not an exaggeration, 200 to 300 of different podcast episodes, articles, and I found people with the best ability to teach particular skills, and I've invited them to come to our show. So today we're going to talk about foreplay. Instead of foreplay, I might mostly use seduction. I'll tell you why. Because foreplay is a pretty loaded term in our culture. Oftentimes, people use it to refer to all the activities that can help your vulva partner to get ready. While quote-unquote actual sex refers to activities that won't help your partner to reach an climax. And so the foreplay is something you do for women and it's a step before you're getting to the fun main event for the penis owner. And I don't like the idea that actual sex, quote unquote, is separate from foreplay because it reduces the legitimacy and pleasure of sex that comes in all sorts of different types of sexual experiences. We had an episode on seduction that you can check out in previous archives. I had my wonderful colleague, Dr. Jess O'Reilly, when she published her book. We had her on the show. This is different. Today, we're going to talk about step-by-step what you need to do to seduce your partner. We're going to talk about why is that important. Sebastian and I, we're going to talk about some of our favorite tips on how to planting sexy seeds in your partner's mind. And we're going to talk about what are some of the seductive touch and things that you need to know about. Our guest today, as I mentioned, is Sebastian Harris. Sebastian is a dating coach and sex coach who is on mission to help men to live more fulfilling dating and sex lives. So if you're interested in dating coaching, you can check out his website, globalseducer.com forward slash coaching. And they also provide advice how to be a better lover. And they have a sex education for men.com forward slash coaching. The link for those websites will be in the show notes. Before we dive into this episode, I wanted to take a moment and thank our sponsor, Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth is a company that they have a number of different products. I personally own their sheets and the PJ that they produce. What I like about their products is high quality and also it's responsibly and sustainably sourced. So if you are someone that you want to make sure that you are using material that's good for Earth, that's a great company 
and you don't need to compromise on the quality because the quality is fantastic. The sheets are very soft and it helps definitely with the quality of the sleep. If you want to check out their product, they offer 30% off to our listeners. All you need to do is to go to the link below and type sexology on the promo section. I'll tell you about their product and also what you need to do to set up the room and space for, for building sexy environment. You can check that out at the end of the conversation. All right. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Sebastian. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am very excited to welcome Sebastian Harris on our show today. Sebastian, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited for our conversation. I know we were just chatting right before I started recording and we talked about that we're going to talk about seduction and foreplay. And I also saw that you you published a book about relationships and seduction and dating. So tell us what led you to write Rise of the Phoenix? That is that the name of the book? Yes, exactly. That's the name of the book, Rise of the Phoenix. It's, it's basically a dating guide, but a holistic dating guide for men. Like I always want to place a lot of value on self-improvement on how they can actually become better men, not just better men in the sense of being better at, let's say, approaching women or talking to women, but also at becoming better men in the sense of really loving themselves, falling in love with their life and yeah, just living happy lives and then also generating amazing experiences for themselves and also for the women that they spend time with either, let's say, when it's a consensual short-term experience or in a long-term relationship or marriage. And for me, the reason why I actually wrote this book, I can take you back to my teenage years and even childhood. I was born with a congenital heart defect. I had several heart surgeries as a child and as a teenager. And during my teenage years, I was, yeah, I basically tortured myself with a lot of self-hate, a lot of resentment, a lot of, a lot of negative emotions because I always felt unworthy. When I looked in the mirror, I felt really ugly. And I never thought that I could actually be the kind of guy that women want to date and that women want to be with. And because of these dark times and these very negative emotions that I had to myself and also to my body, I mean, I was definitely suffering from body dysmorphia back then because all I could see was my scars. And I was also blessed with, which I also mention on my podcast very often, with a baby face. So even though I'm now in my 30s, I look very, very young. Yeah, most people think I'm like 18, 19, 20. And of course, back then when I was a teenager, it was even worse. I was looking like, yeah, I don't even know, I don't even want to know, I don't even want to say how, how young I was looking, but yeah. And then as a result of that, I just was looking for mentors. I was looking for coachings. I was just wanting to get out of this emotional, dark hole, you can say. And eventually I then found mentors, great mentors who I'm still friends with, who, and I then embarked on this journey of self-improvement, which then eventually through all kinds of different experiences led me to myself coaching other men and helping them with their own struggles. What a beautiful story and how wonderful that this is something that you created out of your own experience. I think sometimes people have uh, this kind of disconnected approach when we're talking about relationships, like they, they don't have awareness around their privilege, but it seems like this, these are the skills that you cultivated and you're teaching other people about them. 
And what I really like when you were talking about this on self-improvement. So I have a little bit of beef with pickup artists, people who are teaching dating coaching. Now, it seems like that's not how you approach it. But sometimes they teach people like what is called like pickup lines, like quick ways that they say something to hook the woman that like that's just not who they are. And it's almost false advertisement. And I feel like I feel sad for, for men at times or people who are getting their services because you cannot read the script from someone else's kind of approach and kind of have this hope that that's going to work out because you're not them. So I, I like that you were talking about the importance of falling in love with yourself, creating better version of you, because when you are more confident, more happier in your life, you will be more attractive. And that's something that science proves it. I mean, that's also something that where I can confidently say that I set myself apart from other coaches. And of course, this word pickup nowadays has all kinds of negative connotations. I still help men to approach women, to go up to women, to talk to women. And in the beginning, there's also this kind of, you can, you can see it as some kind of supporting wheels when you learn riding the bicycle where you say, okay, this might be something that you want to say, like a compliment, a direct compliment, and I give some kind of structure. However, the main focus of my coaching and also my teaching is becoming a man who not only loves himself and loves life, but also falls in love with women. And that's something that a lot of other dating coaches, and I also believe nowadays a lot of coaches that I always openly criticize, which is not all of them, but a lot of them from the so-called red pill who have a very negative view on women, which I, for example, don't think is the right way to go at it. Because then you then you only end up in the situation where the genders are at war. <laughs> right. I truly believe that, well, let's say I made the experience in my own journey, that once I went through my trauma healing, which actually started a couple of years after I became a dating coach. And once I really, yeah, that might sound a little bit weird for some men who are listening now, but I truly mean this. Like once I opened my heart and I allowed myself to really feel love, to receive love and to accept love, to give love and to just have this experience, then also my way of coaching changed. And I'm also very honest about that on my podcast. Like when I think back to the beginning years of me teaching this, a lot of it was also influenced by the trauma that I've experienced from my heart surgeries and this feeling of never being enough. And then, of course, looking out for these kind of experiences. And nowadays I can reflect on it and I can say like, yes, I had to make these experiences and now they made me a better person and also a better coach. I agree with you. And I think when it comes to human relationships, whether it's your boss, with your lover, with like someone that you want to be friend with. I think authenticity is really, really important. I always say like, it's, it's about you showing up authentically and also show vulnerability. Of course, we want to be mindful of how much, how much of ourselves putting ourselves out there when I'm, we're like seeing someone on the street. But I think people can pick it up when you're not authentic, when you're just trying to play a role. And it's, it's helpful to have some guidelines. Right. Of like, you know, framework of this is what often works for a human relationship. But I agree with you, kind of like opening your heart, being open and present and authentic. I think it's really important when you're meeting someone. So I think that's that's really important. And for our listeners, many of them are in a long-term relationship. And when you're in a long-term relationship, what's interesting is that sometimes people get really good at the communication, the kind of like parent to parent or friend to friend. 
But the lover to lover part gets really challenging because sometimes when they're too familiar with someone, then it's hard to desire them. That's why I think seduction is really important. I want to hear your thought. Why do you think it's important for people to seduce their partner, even if they know them and they're in a relationship with them? That's interesting what you just said when you when you said why it's important for people to seduce their partner. That's exactly what the last chapter of my book actually focuses on because I believe in a very simple principle and that's the seduction never ends. Unfortunately, I have to now I have to talk to men directly because a lot of men, I would say men make this mistake even more than women. But a lot of men have this kind of attitude of saying, oh, on the first date, I will impress her. Oh, on the second and third date, I will also impress her. I will be the best guy I can possibly be. And as soon as they are then in a relationship and they think, okay, I have this woman now in my life. Then they turn on the TV and they get lazy. <laughs> like I just coached so many men and sometimes also couples who, yeah, where, where the woman told me like, yeah, he doesn't make any effort anymore. He doesn't do anything anymore. And this is unfortunately something that happens a lot. And years ago, I don't remember the name. name. I don't remember who said it. But one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard somebody say, and this person was in a very long-term relationship, like I think married to his high school sweetheart. And he had this attitude that the best way to not fall out of love is to simply do this thing, is to simply continue to do the things that made this person fall in love. And I thought to myself, yeah, that's actually really simple. If you think back, and that's also one of the first tips that I share in a private coaching session with a guy who's, for example, struggling in his love life, where, yeah, where the relationship doesn't go anywhere, the sex life is not good, they might even suffer from the dead bedroom phenomenon, where I just asked them, think back to the time when you started dating. Like you were so in love, you were so into each other. What did you do? How did you touch her? How did you kiss her? How did you initiate? What kind of compliments did you say? And then often comes this realization of, oh my God, I didn't do these things for years or months. Why did I stop doing it? And I always say it's easier to not do it than to do it. That's why most people don't do it. <laughs> so it's an active, it's an active thought process of actually remembering, hey, Why do I desire my partner? What do I desire in my partner? How can I express this desire for her? Or in case you're a woman listening, for him. And I think that's the beauty of seduction. It's It never ends, or at least it should never end. The happiest couples I know are the ones who constantly seduce each other, who constantly think of new creative ways of of yeah, inducing the sexual tension, the sexual energy. And it doesn't have to be something overly creative. It can be as simple as, for example, when one partner is doing the dishes, instead of sitting on the couch and watching TV, simply moving up to him or her, touching them, kissing them, teasing them a little bit. This alone can make such a huge difference in a relationship. You brought up so many great points and I agree with you. I think part of the challenge for people comes from like taking each other for granted and it's partly it's the education that we get. I know that when we're thinking about love and happily ever after, like even in the cartoons, animation, things that we see as a kid, we always see that up to the point that then they got each other, they found each other, like in Cinderella fairy tale stories that they got married and they're now together and that's the end of the story. 
I, we don't see the, how much effort it takes for sustaining healthy relationship. And at times people think that if I have to put an effort into my relationship, it shows that there's something wrong, which in reality, you're right that it, it requires you to be intentional and do the things and should really show up as the best version of you, similar to the time that you were trying to court your partner. So it seems like you talk to a lot of men, you do lots of coaching. And I want to hear your thoughts about what are some of the mistakes that men often make when it comes to seducing their partner? One of the biggest mistakes that men make, or I don't even know if I would call it a mistake, it's just that we are wired differently because men in general are very visual. We are visually stimulated. And the best example, and women are often more stimulated, at least in, yeah, at least in a lot of scenarios. I don't say that the visual aspect doesn't matter at all. But when you think about, for example, Fifty Shades of Grey, that's one of the best examples. This book was a huge bestseller. And women, a lot of women also, some female friends of mine told me when they read the book, they got aroused. I read the book. And for me, after 100 pages, I was already falling asleep. It was the most boring thing ever because that's not how the male brain works. But men then often assume that, okay, the best way to seduce my woman would be to just get naked, do basically <laughs> in How I Met Your Mother, the naked man. I don't know if you know that TV <laughs> right, show, but right. do something similar like that without actually thinking about, okay, what does she want? What does she actually want in bed? Or also before it happens, before sex happens. Like that's why, for example, on one of my podcasts, the Sex Education for Men podcast, where I give men very direct sexual advice, I often talk about that women love to create scenarios and that men should be able or at least should try their best <laughs> to create scenarios for women, both in their minds and then also in, yeah, in reality. One thing that I, for example, absolutely love to do is to create role plays and to work with role plays. And the woman in my life absolutely loves it. Another tip would be, for example, when it comes to yeah, when it comes to finding out what she really likes. And this might sound like the simplest tip ever, but most men don't do it. Have an honest, direct conversation about it. Just talk about it. As a couple, you need to talk about these things. What do you like? What do you not like? And here comes the most important part. And that's also something where some men are messing it up, but these are not the type of guys that you want to date anyway. They are very judgmental about it. As soon as the woman then says like, oh yeah, I would love to try this. I would love to try that. He's totally overwhelmed and goes like, oh my God. My wife has these kind of sexual fantasies. <gasps> oh no, <laughs> it destroys my worldview. Like that's of course also not a good idea. If as a man, you want to find out, and I hope you want to find out what your partner likes, you have to go at it with complete non-judgmental, uh, with a complete non-judgmental attitude, sorry. I'm still German, I'm trying my best here. <laughs> with a completely non-judgmental attitude. Because as soon as you give her the feeling that you're judging her for revealing her desires, then she will block off. But if you go at it as a, as a non-judgmental man and say, hey, I want to experience this beautiful relationship with you. I want to have a wonderful sex life with you. I want to make you happy. I also want to be happy myself in a relationship. That's a win-win. Let's talk about what we like. And I truly believe that every man should have this attitude to find out what his partner likes. Because, well, otherwise, you'll never know. <laughs>
I agree with several things that you mentioned. First of all, I think like there are gender differences and also individual differences on what works for people and what doesn't work for people. I think when people get in trouble, when they're trying to force their way of building arousal to the partner, right? That like I always get aroused when I see your naked body. Why do you need all of these different things to get excited? Or it's like why sex needs to feel like work if we're doing all of these different things with role play or kind of incorporating and doing extensive foreplay. So I think that's that's also important to kind of know that in order for you to create a good experience for everyone involved, it's important for you to be a generous lover, right? I never tell people to do things they don't want to do. But I think sometimes in relationships, as you mentioned, we get lazy. But think about, oh God, I don't want to do that. That feels like too much work. And we just do the basic routine that we've been doing for hundreds of times. And like the issue for many people is it's not that necessarily they don't are they're not interested in their partner anymore. They're just uninspired. And with doing the things that you mentioned, that can help people to find that spark and excitement with their partner. And I love the suggestion of figuring out what your partner likes, because I truly believe that one of the things that kind of like that damn the excitement of people, like especially in long-term relationship, is this misconception that I know exactly what my partner thinks. And when something feels too familiar, it's hard to desire it. So I, I, when you're talking about the aspect of yourself and sharing parts of yourself that's unknown, that also can add to the excitement. One of the things that I love is like when you're doing seduction, kind of planting this sexy seed in your partner's mind, even before kind of like initiating any sexual contact. What are some of the tips that you have for us around that? I mean, one of the easiest things is I actually want to start this, if it's okay for you, by by recommending a little mindset change in the minds of a lot of men. But of course, also what I'm saying also applies to women. But the idea that establishing an amazing sex life has to be work or effort, why not call it play? Why not call it a beautiful play that you play together? A beautiful game. A lot of times when we mentally change the way we think about something, then our actions reflect that mental change. So for example, if I say to myself, who I have to put in some effort in my relationship, oh God, what do I do? Then it often already in my mind is this kind of negative bubble in there, like, oh God, some effort, ooh, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> Instead, I say, okay, what kind of game can I introduce in my relationship? How can I play with her better? How can she play with me better? How can we play as a couple better? And this always, this always activates my creative, yeah, the creative parts in my brain. I actually do the same when I'm, for example, at work. I always call it play and then I have more fun with it. That's maybe just a little mindset change for men or for everyone who's listening, of course. A few things you can do to spark things or to, to increase the sexual tension during the day and to just tease each other with it. One of the best things is sexting via text. For example, when one of you is in the office or both of you are in the office in separate offices, for example, you can send each other these naughty text messages. You can simply say, oh, you don't want to know what I was just thinking about, dot, dot, dot. Or you can, for example, just write, hey, I just remember last night what you did there. Mm, I can't focus on work right now. And you just have fun with these kind of, yeah, basically verbalizing your thoughts in a sense. It's not really that much more. It's just verbalizing your naughty thoughts. 
and maybe you also want to send like a, I mean, with the sexy pictures, I would always be very careful because only do that if you really 100% trust somebody. Otherwise, this can backfire. But if you're in a long-term relationship and you really have a lot of trust, then you can do it. You can do these kind of things. And also when you're at home, I always try to induce sexual tension everywhere with my partner. So for example, even if you're just watching a TV, watching TV, what most people are doing is they're having the chips package in their hand going nom, 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 nom. One person sits on one end of the couch, the other one at the other end. And that's, of course, not very exciting. The first thing is to really get together, cuddle more, be more affectionate during the day, more loving, more... Yeah, just show your affection with your body. Let your body do the talking. And then you can simply, when you're watching TV, move your fingers up and down each other's body, explore each other, kiss each other in a passionate way. The same is true, for example, when you're sitting there and having lunch, when you're sitting next to each other. You can simply place your hand, for example, if you're a man, on her thighs, then move up her thighs and tease her a little bit. You can do all these things. Just have this creative mindset, like wear this creative hat and ask yourself in every situation, how can I make this situation, this very boring and mundane situation, a little bit more exciting? I think it was such a good idea to kind of bringing that kind of intentionality into back into the relationship, kind of like as, as we were talking about not getting into the mindset of kind of sex is something that I think about like five minutes before I want to have penetration, right? It's something that you are creating this erotic energy in your relationship. I also love the idea of like sexy communication. And sometimes when people think about sexing, kind of like dirty talking, they get into their head that think about this need to be this like Pulitzer winner fiction they need to write, right? So it's it's about you. Sometimes, as you mentioned, it could be as simple as you describing what you're thinking or kind of like talking about the experience that you guys had. I think that's that's really important. And when it comes to seduction, I think about kind of like planting psychological seeds and physiological seeds, like like the touching that you were talking about. What are some of the steps that you recommend for men when they want to turn their partners on? So now they they kind of like planted these seeds. Maybe you had like sexy back and forth, like some some touching, but now you you wanna kind of like get their body ready so that you can have more of a core play, as we say in the world of sex education. I mean, it depends on the situation. I would say there is there is a different way of lovemaking for every situation. For example, sometimes the woman might like, let's say, a really intense, rough sexual experience with her partner. Then there are other days where she wants a really romantic, loving sexual experience. So it also depends on adjusting to her mood. That's that's one thing. However, when it comes to, let's say, me coaching a guy and sometimes also, like I said, I have coaching sessions where I then have him and her in one session where she, for example, knows, okay, my husband or my boyfriend has these coaching sessions. I also want to be part of the picture. And then I often recommend these let's say, very simple, but also very loving steps of preparing each other. And that's especially powerful if you haven't had sex or let's say you haven't had an active sex life for a long time or you're, sex, or you're having regular sex, but it's kind of boring and without any passion. Because if a couple has a very bad sex life, I wouldn't recommend to oh, just rip each other's clothes off and go at it like crazy because that would totally overwhelm them. And they would be like, okay, what do I do now? That feels kind of weird. So you want to slowly but steadily increase the yeah the tension in the same way as we did it with the 
let's say with the teasing, with the verbal teasing and with the physical teasing. What I would recommend, the first thing, and this is also one of the hardest things for people to do, to ask yourself, does my lifestyle actually allow me to have a good sex life? Because when you're both working 14 hours a day and you're completely exhausted in the evening and you have 15 minutes until you go to bed, then it's very hard for you to have an active sex life. And I've coached men and then also couples who told me in the evening the only thing they can think about is to just go to sleep and get it over with. And if you have this attitude, well, then it's very hard to establish the right sex life. So sometimes if you want to rescue a relationship or at least improve it, you might also need to make drastic changes in your life and to think about, okay, do I actually live a life that allows me to have a beautiful sex life? And then in the next step, just enjoy, just allow her, if you're a man again, now I'm speaking to you as a man, allow her to immerse herself into this experience step by step. And especially if you haven't had an active sex life or at least a very fulfilling sex life for a long time, go at it slowly. So for example, you want to invite her to a shower or to a relaxing bath. And during when you're having the shower, you simply soap her body up and down. You're exploring her body. You turn each other on with kisses, with touching. And depending on how, yeah, let's say how far you want to take it in the shower, for example, you could simply, again, I'm talking to you as a guy, you could simply kneel in front of her, lift one of her legs up, go down on her and make this already a part of the foreplay. That's something that can be very, very exciting. And then maybe you can't even control each other anymore and you will then have sex under the shower. I mean, I, for example, coach couples who I simply gave this tip. And then the next day I got an email said like, we didn't even make it to the bedroom. That was amazing. <laughs> and before they never, e it never even occurred to them to shower together. Like those simple things, they were always showering like one partner than the other partner. And by simply doing that, this already changed things. And again, this goes back to what we talked about earlier. It's the simplest things. Just a lot of people, they forget to do them and they, they get lazy. And another thing, what I absolutely love, and I also watched a lot of educational videos in this regard, and this is also something that I recommend to a lot of men, educate yourself in the art of erotic massage and tantra massage. And a lot of people have this false attitude of Tantra massage. They think, oh my God, this is like swinging. I have to change partners and oh, we can't be monogamous. But that's not, that's not the case at all. I mean, I also have this unique, let's say, point of view on sexuality, because as you probably hear from my accent, I'm German. And we Germans, we are raised in a very open-minded way about sexuality. I mean, every little village in Germany has a swingers club, tantra massages, everything is everywhere. On every beach, we are naked in every spa and every sauna. It's the most complete normal thing for us. And I know that in other cultures, especially in the United States, this is not the case. There's a lot more judgment when it comes to sexuality. But the more you live this, this ex like the more curious you are and you say, okay, what can I learn? What can I do? Because the simple combination of taking a shower with each other, let's say together, exploring each other's body and then giving her a beautiful erotic massage, massaging every part of her body in the sense also worshiping her body and making her feel really desirable and desired by kissing her body, like kissing up and down her belly button to her nipples, then going down again and just every part of her body. This can make such a huge difference because so many women have told me in these coaching sessions that they don't really feel desired anymore. And I mean, I would love to hear your opinion as a woman, because I truly believe that as a woman, of course, it's also true for men, but I think even more as women, 
In this sense, women are like flowers who need water. Like they need the desire of their partner. If they don't feel desired from their partner, they will slowly wither. And again, if you as a man can communicate that verbally and also physically by the way you touch her, this can make a huge, huge difference. And then when you're in bed and you're, you are, yeah, you are taking your time. You're not rushing things. And again, this might also require some lifestyle changes because when you are constantly trapped in the hormones of stress, I mean, then you will always be in this flight or fight response. And that's actually a very interesting insight. Just, I hope I don't ramble on too much right now, but it's a very interesting insight for men, especially who are listening. On my Sex Education for Men podcast, I also offer hypnosis sessions. I'm a certified hypnotist. And a lot of guys who are living very high stressful lives, they, as a result of that, suffer from premature ejaculation because they take this mental mindset, this mental pressure of, I have to perform really quickly. I have to finish that task really quickly. They take that in the bedroom without even being consciously aware of. That might also be something to think about because when you live a more relaxed life and a more calmer life and you take your time for it and you're not, you're not dictated by the hormones of stress, you can experience your relationship on a whole new level. Well, I, I agree with you with the lifestyle change piece, right? Because I, I hear often I tell people that it's really important to dedicate like time together, like schedule a sexual connection. And people say, no, we want to have spontaneous sex. But when we're talking about it, your life is not lending itself to spontaneous sex. If your every hour of your schedule is packed one after another, if you have children, the children are around, you just don't have privacy and you're exhausted. That's why so many people are in the sexless relationships. So I like that you're thinking about, okay, how can you curate this experience that lends itself to for you to have this really sensual, exciting experience? And I agree with you, regardless of what's your erotic template, what kind of experience you want to co-create, whether it's kind of like rough sex or sensual or you're role-playing, it's really important for, for you to be in an optimal place, with, even with your body, as you mentioned, like with your hormones, everything that you're feeling and thinking. So there needs to be at, at the place of good enough. That's why I think kind of, as you said, like lifestyle adjustment is good. If you, you cannot make lifestyle adjustment, at least having this connecting time in your schedule is really important. Because if you want to take your time, there needs to be some time in your schedule. As you mentioned, if like you have 15 minutes of privacy and you want to kind of like from the turning on your partner to finish and be in that kind of like timeline, it doesn't, it's, it's my experience with my clients that it's not sustainable or exciting. And you were talking about witnessing, experiencing your partner desire. I agree with you. And I think that's a case for uh, most people, right? That what I, people of all gender, that what makes sex exciting and juicy and great is that you're seeing that yearning and desire from your partner, that your arousal, your desire builds up there, then that feeds into their desire and then it gets it becomes this feedback loop. So it's, it's really important for you to kind of like find the experiences or create things that, that builds that up for you. 
because again, at times people, because of the issues that you mentioned, sometimes they kind of have this quote unquote chore sex. It's something else in their to-do list. And that like no one want to have something else at 10 p.m. under schedule. But if you are taking your time, if you're making it kind of pleasure focus, I think that can be a different, different experience. I know you were talking about touches and said you watch videos and you have some familiarity with Tantra. What do you think? What are some of the pillars of a seductive touch? Pillars of a seductive touch, that's a really, really good question. The first tip, and that might sound again a little bit strange for men, but I want to mention the heart opening again, because the more love you feel in your heart for your partner, the more you will communicate that love in your heart with your touch. Because if you just, let's say, you're listening to this episode and you're then saying, okay, I'm going to touch my partner, and you go, boom, place your hand on her butt and go, and are you aroused? <laughs> in a very, let's say, very direct way, then of course you're doing it wrong. But if you come from that place of, I love this woman or I love this man, whoever you're dating, and you then with your open heart, look at this person and then maybe also see their imperfections in a perfect light. Because we are all human beings. We are all imperfect. We, nobody's perfect. And you just see them and you allow yourself to see the amazingly beautiful human being that you're in a relationship with. And this alone can make you want to touch that person in a different way. Because especially nowadays where we're so conditioned, I mean, especially men are conditioned in this way by social media, that women have to be these whatever perfect plastic dolls with 10,000 filters and all kinds of Photoshop. This alone can make it harder for you to yet to to really fall in love with the body of the beautiful human being that you're with. And if you then have this love in your heart, you then slowly start to, yeah, to escalate into what I always call climb up the touch ladder. And of course, in the beginning of the relationship, this is very different than when you are already in a committed relationship. But I would also say it depends again on how dead your bedroom is and how long it has been since you touched each other in a romantic, loving way or in a sexual way. If I, for example, have a coaching session with somebody who tells me, yeah, I mean, me and my girlfriend, we always touch each other. Like we're always very close. We're kissing, making out all the time. Then I would say, okay, I mean, then you can simply, let's say, for example, whisper your naughty thoughts in her ear, pull her closer, touch her all over her body. Like, how do you say, squeeze different parts of her body, if you know what I mean, in a way that she really likes, then this is totally okay. But what if you have a couple where they haven't touched each other in months. And I had these coaching clients who said, like, we are basically living as roommates. Then you have to very slowly, step by step, climb the touch ladder. And that would be, for example, while you're walking, invite her to hold your hand again. Or also the other way around. If you are a woman, you're dating a man, invite him to hold his hand again. So that you're just getting used to each other's touch again. That you're getting used to this beautiful, loving touch. Then in the second part, whenever you're sitting somewhere, sit really close. I, for example, love to sit so close to my partner wherever I am that we are shoulder to shoulder, especially when we, for example, go to dinner. I mean, just tonight for Christmas dinner, for example, we will be sitting close to close to each other again. We always take one of these seats where we're really close, sitting on one bench, which is very unusual because most people like to sit face to face. But I absolutely love to be close to my partner and she loves to be close to me. And the same, you can practice the same, yeah, the same mentality of always being close with each other. And then once you get used again to each other's touch and you say, hey, why didn't we do that for so long? Oh my God, this feels really great. Then you can transition to the more sexual touch where you, for example, place 
again from the male perspective place your hand on her lower back then if she likes it if she responds in a positive way slowly move down or for example you can also transition from a very yeah very normal kind of norm i don't want to use the word normal what is it regular massage from a regular massage to a more naughty massage <laughs> where you for example first massage each other's back and then you go down and even more down and down 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 if you know what i mean <laughs> at some point you go down under that's something you can also do and when it comes to those seduct seductive touches also ask yourself because in this in this case men and women are not that different so ask yourself how would i like to be touched how do i Like, what would make me excited if my partner would do something? And of course, you can then again, like, play this mind game of, like, depending on who's the more submissive and more dominant part, or it totally depends. It can also depend on the situation. I mean, you can experiment with different scenarios and then ask yourself, how do I want to be touched? How do I want to feel my partner? How do I want my partner to explore my body? And then use that as a guideline. Such a good comprehensive <laughs> answer. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I think the key, one of the key things that you talk about, and I want people to think about building up the kind of, I love that analogy of going up the ladder because I think sometimes people rush it. And I, I ask my patient at like, what do you do for foreplay? And most people feel uninspired again. And it takes like, I don't know, two to five minutes of some kissing. And then we go to the main event. And then because our bodies are not ready, maybe you're struggling with erectile functioning, your partner more, more common. One of the complaints I hear from female is the vulva owners that they're not able to reach an orgasm because they're not aroused enough. But I like that you're talking about kind of like having this kind of connectedness before and kind of like building up the arousal. And it's like a kind of like reading your partner and see what what would they want. Also kind of thinking about what would be interested, interesting for you. What in the world of sex education, we talk about giver's touch. You're touching for your pleasure as well. I think that 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 is important. Something that sometimes people get confused is about how to know if the partner is turned on enough. Like one of the great ways is like to ask them directly, but sometimes couples are like for a number of different reasons, they're not honest with each other or they it's hard for them. They feel it's unsexy to ask. So what's, what are some of the suggestions you have around that? I mean, one suggestion I actually have for women, <laughs> and that might sound a little bit controversial, but one suggestion I really have is to not fake any orgasms because you're not helping yourself and you're not helping him because then he will think like, oh yeah, I'm the start who I can please her every night and she goes oh god no not another night <laughs> so that's of course not a, a good situation one thing that I would say is again honest conversations and for men especially that requires to let go of their ego and this can be a very hard thing to do for men because a lot of men and especially younger guys and this is a really big problem nowadays younger guys are raised by pornography For them, sex education is their porno is pornography. And then, of course, they see in the porn movies, he just slides it in, makes a few moves, goes at it like a jackhammer, and she goes, oh, my God, I'm coming again and again and again. And then he thinks, okay, if I do the same in the bedroom with a woman, haha, I will be the great guy. And at the same time, then women, again, are afraid to actually, at least in my experience, are afraid to often, first of all, verbalize their desires because they are afraid of getting judged for them. And second of all, they don't want to 
let's say, destroy the man's fragile ego. And one thing that I always do, let's say that I also did with my girlfriend, was to simply ask her, please be 100% honest. And that's okay. And I also made the experience in my personal life and also from clients that, and again, I would love to hear your opinion as a woman on that, is that for a lot of women, the ability to orgasm is closely linked to how much I trust my partner and how safe I feel with my partner. And I made the experience that in the beginning of a relationship, I was not able to make my partner come. But then once a certain level of trust and safety in that relationship was reached, then the orgasms were flowing in like crazy, <laughs> to say it in a direct way. And this is also something that men forget because they have to build that level of trust. And again, men have been programmed by pornography that all that matters is a 20 centimeter dig and being a jackhammer. But nothing could be further from the truth. It's all about like how you establish the trust in a relationship, how much she can let herself go. Because if a woman, while she's in bed with a guy, thinks like, okay, I don't feel safe right now. I don't know. Will he judge me for that? Can I do this? Then, of course, no orgasm can happen. So I think the most important thing to that is to really provide this non-judgmental attitude and this way of allowing your partner to fully trust you and to also realize that sex is about an experience. It's about an experience that you create with each other. And unfortunately, so many men, and this goes back also to me as a dating coach and also nowadays as a sex coach, is both in dating and also in sex, men have this kind of zero one zero one logical view. Like if I do A, then she should respond with B. And if I do C, she should respond with D. And then what often happens is that they design the, the sexual, yeah, the sexual play in this kind of mechanical way. Like, okay, first I kiss her mouth, then I go down to her nipples, then I go down to her belly button, and then I lick her. Okay, job finished. Like in this kind of sense, without realizing that it's way more exciting to, to also, let's say, for example, when you're going down on her to create this experience and to, to play with her breasts, to play with her butt cheeks, to lick her, to then again, I mean, if she's into that in that moment, kiss each other again, hold each other tight, have eye contact and to just create this experience. And I don't want the listeners to think about we're putting all of these on men, <laughs> that this is your responsibility to build excitement because everything that you're <laughs> saying is really good. And I don't want people to think about women. They don't like it. They're just lie, laying there and just kind of saying it's good or not. The reason we're focusing more this conversation about men is that I found Sebastian's content on sex coaching and educational dating information that he has for men. That's that. That's why we're speaking to men, but all I don't, I don't want some guy send me some hate email and go like, oh my God, why are you so mean to me? I couldn't sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that like you're doing them a solid, right? Like teaching them. I feel like what we're talking about is what people pay to learn, like when it comes like a steps for seduction. And that's so important. I think so we have episodes coming up on thrusting, positions, all of that. But I think one of the easier places that people can improve and see great return on their investment is foreplay. Like these types of touching that you're talking about and creating this sexy context for your partner. Because going back what, what to what you were describing earlier is that many women, at least what I see, the context is extremely important. Right. You can have the hottest body, but like if we've been together and the context is not sexy, it would be hard to get as excited and have that 
passionate sex life that that you both perhaps want. I I can talk to you for hours, but I noticed that we are toward the end of our time together, and I know it's it's a Christmas Eve almost for us. So tell us if people want to get a hold of you. I know that you have different platforms. What are some of the places they can go to learn more about you and your product? I have two different podcasts. One of them is the Global Seducer Quickie podcast, on which I share dating advice and show men how to talk to women, how to approach women, and of course also how to be better men. You can find it on iTunes and any podcasting platform. Just go to Global Seducer Quickie podcast, and I call it Quickie because the episodes are all about ten minutes long. <laughs> And I also have another podcast, which is called the Sex Education for Men podcast. And there I give sex advice and also advice to men's health issues. Yeah, men's sexual health issues mostly. And that's also a podcast that you can find on iTunes. And you can also find out more about me as a coach and also as a hypnotist on my Global Seducer platform by going to globalseducer.com slash coaching. That's globalseducer.com slash coaching. And if you're more interested into the sex coaching and you want to improve your relationship and your sex life, then you can go to sexeducationformen.com slash coaching. And there you can then find out more about the different coaching sessions I offer. Like I said, I also offer hypnosis sessions. And yeah, I mean, I would really enjoy it if I could welcome you as a subscriber to either one of my podcasts or maybe even both. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming in the show. This was a fantastic conversation and thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking about these things with you. One of the things that people often don't talk about is the importance of context and environment for for some people. I have clients that they need to set up their space, whether it's about making sure the space is decluttered, it smells good, has right lighting, all of these small changes and can help you to be psychologically more ready to have sex. Some people are very particular actually on the things that they have around them. Like I have clients that they say that they like to lit candles, they like to have certain kind of sheets or wear certain kind of material because that helps them to feel sexier. So if your partner is someone that's saying that that is important for them, instead of arguing with them, make sure you are as part of your seduction game creating that environment. One of the things that is important for me is how the sheets feel. And I think that even the texture is really important. And when things are getting hot and heavy in the bedroom, the sheets can get hot and sweaty. Not a bad thing, but if you're sensitive to heat, I recommend you to definitely check out Cozy Earth, our sponsors, sheets. I have their white sheets and cream sheets. And whether you're having a hot and heavy night with your partner while having sex or sleeping, what I love about their ship, it's a temperature regulated. What it means that you, your body will remain cooler throughout the night and it's really, really soft. So I highly recommend 
that you check out their sheets. You get to experiment with it with getting 35% off by entering our call sexology to see if that's something that you want or not. I personally got a few of their sheets because I like the softness and also the temperature regulated piece and also how it's sustainably sourced. And as you're doing that, you are supporting our show and you're helping me to keep the show going. So we're going to continue with our sexy sexual skills theory. So make sure you're following us, subscribing to our channel, and I will see you next week right here. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.